Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day, every day, with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in, WIP Daily. Joe Giglio with you. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following the podcast on a crazy week here in Philadelphia. Don't forget YouTube. Check it out there, 94W, uh, 94WIP. Check it out. Subscribe. All our video content from live on the air at WIP to, of course, all of our podcast feeds. So appreciate everyone being part of the show today. And uh, I, I notice on YouTube a lot, the comment section, if that's where you are and you react there, I appreciate the conversation I see. Appreciate your responses to what we're talking about. And, of course, appreciate your time as you listen and watch this show. So I do want to get to uh, a really, uh, you know, a, th- a thought that I've had for a while here that I can't shake, and I wonder how big of a deal this will be moving forward in the NFL, certainly now with the Philadelphia Eagles, and how the Eagles assess what they do with Nick Sirianni. So from all the reporting out there, you know, we're in that mode now where everyone's getting ready for this 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 final meeting between Jeff Lurie and Nick Sirianni. And that will really, based on what Sirianni says in that meeting, will determine whether or not he keeps his job. And, you know, a lot of this is going to be answers to the questions that Jeff Lurie has. And a lot of it's going to be the plan that is presented to Jeffrey Lurie by Nick Sirianni for his staff next year, how to revamp the defense, potential defensive coordinators, what he's going to do with Brian Johnson, does he keep him or not. But there's a variable to all this that I believe is almost more important than just strategy than just simply putting a staff together because this will be the third you know basically iteration of a staff that Nick Sirianni has tried to put together with obviously some help from the Eagles the first one worked out very well with Jonathan Gannon and with Shane Steichen the last one here this season with Brian Johnson and Sean Desai and then it became Matt Patricia was an abject disaster so we're, we're one for two with one big home run and one big strikeout that's what we got with Sirianni so far so that I think you can you could kind of take it both ways and say, all right, I've seen him work with a good staff and they can win games. I've seen him work with a poor staff and it looks pretty choppy. But if there's one big thing that we need to figure out and the Eagles need to figure out, it's the relationship between Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni. Is Sirianni the coach to get the most out of Hurts? Does Hurts still believe in Nick Sirianni? And how much weight should that hold? So you know, in the NBA, players, star players, get coaches fired all the time. It's routine. We don't even bat an eye at it anymore. It's just the way of the world. If the star player doesn't believe in the coach or he wants a different voice, 
they, they blow the coach out and he's gone. And it's been going on like this for a long time. The NFL isn't typically like that because, first of all, the NFL head coach has more, has more influence over day-to-day, has more influence over wins and losses than in the, in the NBA. You know, there's a few handful of great coaches in the NBA, the Spolsters of the world, that do influence a lot. But for the most part, and I think Nick Nurse, you know, is closer to the Spolster realm than he is bottom or middle. I think he's really good with the Sixers. But for the most part, the coach doesn't really matter that much. So, you know, if the star is upset, just get the coach out and get a new coach and let's keep harmony. We don't see that in the NFL. But I have noticed over the past handful of years that the star quarterback, both in salary and in influence, is becoming more like the NBA superstar. They force trades, they get to where they want to go, they get all the money, and the team really goes as they go. That has become the NFL. We've gone down this path now where the quarterback is so important to everything that they run the team. And and I actually think on the opposite end of the Sirianni possibly getting fired spectrum, you have the Dak Prescott, Mike McCarthy thing. I, I believe Dak Prescott may have saved Mike McCarthy's job. When he stood at that podium after that game on on Sunday when Dallas got blown out by Green Bay and, and was upset at the notion that McCarthy could be fired, and he said, put it on me. He said, if, if, I'm on, if he's on the hot seat, I should be on the hot seat. And look, I'm not in Jerry Jones's head, but I think that factored in that his quarterback wants this guy to be the head coach. And now we juxtapose that to Philadelphia and Jalen Hurts. And after the game, he was asked about Nick Sirianni not being here. And he didn't, you know, he was asked a yes or no question. Do you want Sirianni back? And he didn't answer yes or no. I mean, he danced around that and basically he had no idea this was a conversation. Well, all right, even if you don't know it's a conversation and you may think he's playing dumb, but even if you don't know it's a conversation, you are now aware it's a conversation as soon as the reporter asked you the question. It's out there. Whether that one reporter put it out or that one reporter is parroting the conversation in the city, which is obviously the case, asking a legitimate question, you know, you have the opportunity to answer right there. Do you want it back? Yes. And he didn't. And my theory is that Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni have gone in opposite directions in terms of this football team. And my theory watching down the stretch of the season is Hurts no longer believes in Sirianni. And he no longer trusts Sirianni, knows what he's doing. And I side on this one with Hurts. Now, I'm not saying Hurts has handled himself well. And maybe as a franchise quarterback, he needs to handle himself a little bit better than being passive-aggressive or change of plays, or not running the system, not trusting the coaches, whatever. Um, but I believe that. I believe that Sirianni has lost Hurts. So now we take it to Jeff Lurie's decision. And here is a very slippery slope that Jeff Lurie has to figure out. Should he take Jalen Hurts' opinion on Nick Sirianni and have it hold weight in the conversation on his decision on this head coach? It, it will shape the next, and I mean this, the next X amount of years. I mean, maybe the rest of Jeff Lurie's tenure as an owner based on what he does here. Because there's two paths. Let's say number one, and let's just go down the path that I think is the more normalized path, the more you know, typical path, that you do not have the star player influence the decision. Let's just go there, okay? Down that path. Okay, well then you enter next season with a quarterback who you already paid a lot of money. And no matter how this plays out, isn't going anywhere for at least a couple years. Okay, even if it's, it's not good, he's going to be around for a little while. You may have him upset. You have, may have him frustrated. You may have a rift in your locker room. And you may have the person you haven't paid real money, the head coach, 
back against the guy you paid a lot of money in the quarterback. And if you're not head coach and quarterback are on the same page, you're in big trouble. But you then set the precedent to your locker room. You, you empower the coach. You take away power from the quarterback. That's kind of, I think, the typical way of doing things. That's the normal way of doing things. Okay, You, you tell the quarterback, all right, I, I appreciate your opinion, but we believe in Nick. We all got to get back on the same page and try to mend those fences. That is probably the, the, what most times in NFL history something like this has happened. That's probably what's happened. And that may be where Jeff Lurie goes. There's also the other way which is you take into account what Jalen Hurts says, and let's just pretend for a second here on just while we're talking among ourselves, that Jalen Hurts tells Jeff Lurie, I don't trust him anymore. I don't think he knows what he's doing. I don't think he has the answers to help us right now. His offense has been solved. We need better coaching. And you take that into account and you, you move on from the head coach. Now, you've done two things here. You have empowered the quarterback to an incredible degree both with a contract and with say, and then it becomes the NBA. This is then the Jalen Hurts show. And you will have done two things. If you do that, one, everyone knows who runs this team. And that could create locker room dynamics that are challenging, where Hurts is viewed like he's above the other players because he got a coach fired. And he's viewed in a different prism than everybody else because you're not going to get the left guard say. Landon Dickerson's is not going to have a say on if this guy gets fired or not. You're not going to get a, you know, a safety say on all this. No, no one's going to care. Right? You're only getting the quarterbacks. The quarterback really got the coach fired. That would be the story. And that would be a burden Jalen Hurts would have to live with. But there's also the element of do you just go with who you trust the most? And if I'm Jeff Lurie and I'm trying to get to the bottom of this, who's football instinct do I trust? Do I trust Jalen Hurts or do I trust Nick Sirianni? Do I trust a guy that's been coached by Nick Saban and Lincoln Riley and Doug Peterson and won at every level? Or do I trust a guy that went to Mount Union and had no other head coaching opportunities and has not looked right without Shane Steichen calling the plays? I'm not trying to be harsh. I'm just being, that's real. I mean, that, that's the reality of Sirianni's career so far in football. He doesn't have the resume Jalen Hurts has. So I have to determine who I trust more and do I trust Hertz enough as the as kind of the, the eyes and ears of the locker room to tell me and, and the offense to tell me this actually was the problem, that it was the coach. And you know, we've we've normalized this in other sports. We haven't done it yet in football. We have, we've normalized it. In baseball, if a star player wants to manager out, see ya, we'll get a new manager. In basketball, like we talked about, if it's the star player and he wants the, the coach out, we'll get a new coach. This is normalized in baseball. It's normalized in basketball. It hasn't been normalized in football yet. We may be about to get there. And I think you're going to find out pretty quickly what Jeff, where Jeff Lurie's allegiances lie, where his belief lies, and what's best. And there also may just be, you know, after you talk to both guys, but talk to Sirianni and Hertz, there may simply be an element to hey, I don't think they can get along anymore, so I got to do what's best for the franchise. It's not even so much Jalen Hurts get, got him fired. It's just a matter of, well, I can't get a new quarterback. I, I just paid this guy this much money. I got to get a new coach. That's e they're easier to find. You just you just get an, especially the way the Eagles find coaches in terms of a young offensive mind. I mean, there's, there's five of them a year. Just go get another one. Just go find the next Nick Sirianni and move on. But this is not an easy decision for Jeff Lurie, especially if the two of them are butting heads, especially if Jalen Hurts has lost trust. And I understand it's a slippery slope, and I know we don't want to go down the Carson Wentz, and we all have this PTSD from the Wentz era. I think you got you to gotta look at everything on its own. The Jalen Hurts situation with Nick Sirianni is not the Doug Peterson-Carson Wentz situation. And 
what I'm struggling with is there's now this perception of Hertz as not a team guy, as a me guy, as not coachable, not listening. And and that's not the Jalen Hurts that we were sold and even we experienced. That's why I am, like my perception is that Hurts hasn't changed so much as he has lost faith. That he hasn't changed and not become a leader, not been a good teammate, not being coachable. I believe somewhere in the long line, it may be the Seattle game, that he lost belief that the coach knows what he's doing. And once you once you lose belief, that's hard to put it back together. I mean, Jeff Lurie and the Eagles can force the marriage. It's almost like we're having a re- irreconcilable differences, like a divorce. Well, you could try to make it work, but what you may be doing is wasting everyone's life away. You know, wasting time for both parties in the divorce to move forward by by forcing it. Now, you know, counseling is the thing and, and you try to patch things up and some people do that and it's, it's wonderful. And some teams do that and player coach situations do that. But if I'm Jeff Fleur, I have to consider a lot of things, including my quarterback's opinion. I, I do let it all wait. The, what the coach is saying on the other side is he, you know, he's he totally on board with Hurts, and it's just a one-sided thing. It's easier if it's one-sided. If, if Sirianni loves Hurts, but Hurts doesn't love Sirianni, I think you could patch up one side of this. If they're both, you know, if you feel like both don't really want to work with the other, well, the coach has got to go because he's easier to replace. And if you're worried about can they fix it, then you have to have a serious conversation of is it worth it to fix? Is this coach... You know, you know, we know what Jalen's ceiling is as a player. We saw it last year. Can he get back to that? That's going to be a major topic of conversation this offseason, shaped by the offensive coordinator and the head coach and all that kind of stuff and what they do systemically and systematically and all that moving forward into next season. What's Sirianni's ceiling? Like, do, do the Eagles believe they have the next Andy Reid where he's going to become something special and he's just very young into his tenure here and we are at a crossroads you know, like when Reed was losing title games or, you know, whatever, or had a bad year, you know, 05. Is that what they believe? Because then you, I'm willing to work with Sirianni to help get him to that level. But I don't see the special. I saw the special last year in Hurts. I've seen the special in the way he fights, the way he plays, the way he runs, the, the toughness he shows. I've seen the special. Beautiful touch on a deep ball. I've seen enough to tell me, I want to keep working with that to extract the most out of it. I haven't seen the special with Sirianni as a game planner, as a play caller, as a motivator. I haven't seen it. And I I think that, you know, when I evaluate this whole thing, if I'm Jeff Lurie, I'm going to ask Jalen Hurts' opinion, and I am going to let it hold weight. I'm not going to say Jalen Hurts makes the call because that is over the line, and I think that sends you down not just a slippery slope, but, you know, an ice an ice luge. I mean, you just you're flying down that thing then. But I do think I'm going to take it into account because my my belief is in my dollars, and my dollars already went, and my belief already went to Hertz. So if the guy I believe in the most of any, and they had a no trade clause, okay, the guy I believe in the most of any player I've ever had in terms of money and commitment, and handing it over to him, tells me. I don't believe we have the right coach. It has to factor in. It has to. I know Jalen Hurts said yesterday he does the playing and the coaches do the coaching and the owner does the owning. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. And I, and I believe that Jeff Lurie should ask his star quarterback what he thinks about the offense, what he thinks about the direction of the team, and what he thinks about his relationship with the head coach. And it will all wait. 
Is that to be the be-all and the end-all? No. But if I'm Jeffrey Lurie, I'm not letting it slide. I'm not letting it not matter. It matters. I would consider it completely and totally when I'm trying to make this decision on the head coach. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following WIP Daily. Check it out, YouTube. The page continues to grow. Hit a subscribe button there. Video podcast at least a few times a week. Myself and Tucker Bagley. Everyone, have a great day. We'll talk on the Midday Show on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Thanks for listening.